Welcome to Talking Pictures Trivia, the podcast in which a group of friends explore movies through trivia. I'm one of these friends, KJ, and with me is... Tom. And I'm Chris. For those joining us for the first time, we start off each episode with a movie quiz, as these four rapid-fire trivia questions will determine who earns today's trivia crown. The first question is worth one point, and each question after that is worth one more point. Then we'll follow it up with our famous movie rant, Where Anything Goes. Tom, tell us about today's movie. Walking up to theaters in Poland in 2022, we would have had to choose between Avatar 2, Doctor Strange 2, Listy Do M5, Love, Sex, and Pandemic, and today's movie, E.O. So the plot of E.O. is that of a circus donkey who... We follow him through his various adventures, ends up leaving the circus, which he spends with his beloved co-star, Cassandra, and goes on an adventure from owner to owner, from stable to stable, at one point coasting through the natural world, looking for his former owner again. And we get a lot of the movie from his perspective as he kind of explores man's world, the natural world, the various kindness and cruelties and mysteries that we see, not just in the natural world, but also amongst people. It's a exceptionally beautiful and strange film. It's time for question one. What is the name of the circus? Oh my goodness, I have no idea. <laughs> That's not that's not the question I was hoping for. <laughs> the donkey doesn't say it, right? The donkey does not say that line or any other line. I'll I'll lock in. Yeah, I guess I'll lock in too. All right, KJ, what do you have? This is I EO's circus. Okay, Chris, what do you have? Uh the Polish circus extraordinaire. Oh, right. So n- neither of those are correct. It was Cirque Orion. Oh, was it on a sign? Did they? Yes, it okay. was on a sign over it. Okay. All that right. Rough. That, rough that was start. rough. It was a rough start. The next question is about 10 times easier. So don't worry. Oh, great. It's time for question two. What does EO do to get himself kicked out of the horse stables? Locked in. Locked in, and I like the, the, the pun in the question, I think. Oh, <laughs> all right, KJ, what do you have? He kicks over the trophy case and all the trophies fall on the ground. Uh, and Chris, what do you have? Yeah, as he, he sees the two horses kind of fighting down the hall, and he takes his cart and wheels over and knocks the trophy case over. All right, very good. Two points for both of you. It's time for question three. What are the colors of the home team in the football match? Locked in. Locked in with a guess, and I'm I'm kind of just basing it on um the party afterwards, like the colors in the party. Mm-hmm. So what do you have, KJ? White and blue. And Chris, what do you have? So I, it's hard to it's hard to determine which one was the home team because it's blue and white for the one team and black and white for the other. I think the crowd was mostly blue and white, so I'm going to say blue and white as well. And blue and white is correct. All right. Very good. So going into the fourth question, we have a tie at five points apiece. 
It's time for question four. What is the last non-musical sound we hear? Locked in. Is it diegetic? It is diegetic. It should have been the question. What's the last <laughs> diegetic sound we hear? <laughs> Let me look at my notes here. And this is for all the marbles. Oh, man. My notes stop at the soccer game. So when he <laughs> fell asleep. <laughs> the first time. Ah. <laughs> <laughs> uh... I don't know what you're talking about. This movie was a rip-roaring ride. <laughs> oh, man, from the soccer game, he goes... It gets a little dicey after the soccer game, to be honest. But then he ends up... I think the forest is before that. I can't even remember how it ends. Um, Locked in with a guess. All right, KJ, what's your guess? Uh, we hear EO. <laughs> All right. Thank you very much. Chris, what do you have? So the end of the movie is EO is walking around a cattle farm with a bunch of cattle as they're getting ushered into a slaughterhouse. Uh, the sound that you hear, I, I don't know what I don't know exactly what the sound that you hear is. It could be uh, like knives kind of scratching against each other. But I originally thought that maybe it was the head punch, like the, the pneumatic head punch that they use to as humanely as they can slaughter cattle. Uh, it's It goes right to black with that sound, though. And Chris is right. Exactly. It's the bolt gun. That Yeah. That head punch. That is the last sound we hear before we go to black. And it is a horrible ending. It broke my heart. Ooh, yeah. I, yeah. Now I do remember that was very chilling. Not a horrible ending in that I hated it. It was a horrible ending in that, like, I can't believe that that it was like it hurt. It hurt it does, me a little. Yeah. It, for, a, for a movie that I I didn't hate, I liked, I didn't hate, but to have it like kind of like rip me in two, like, <laughs> Really, really, that that's that like jolt. It hurt. Well, congrats to Chris, our winner. Stay tuned for our famous movie rant right after this break. Join another Talking Studios production, Limited Lexicon, where we play through text-based adventure games. Text-based adventure games were computer games from before computers had graphics. The game uses text to describe a scene, and the player types back how they want to interact with the game. I'll read the text from the computer, and my co-host will feed me commands. This season, we're playing through The Hobbit from 1982 on the ZX Spectrum. Here's a quick sample. I thought uh, a lot about our first command, and I think it should be no print, because we don't want to print things as we're going along. I think by default, it's not going to print. And even <laughs> if I did print, I, where is it going to print to? 1982? <laughs> I would imagine if we go west, we're going to be south of the troll, right? Just south of the troll land. Yeah, let's try it. You go west. The troll's clearing. The visible... Oh, <laughs> we died. <laughs> oh. <laughs> 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 All right. The troll, the troll saw us and killed us. So I think we have to say the answer to the riddle then. The answer is dark. Say dark, I think. Talk to what? Golem. Gollum. Say Gollum. Dark. You talk to Gollum. Thorin says, hurry up. And we died. And we died. So we went northeast last time. So let's go southwest. You go southwest. Visible exits are north, northwest. You see the valuable golden ring. Oh. Wow. Right here. That's wait, wait. perfect. Oh, That's right. perfect. 
Limited Lexicon, coming to your podcatcher and YouTube in late 2022 by Talking Studios. And we're back. Audience, EO was about a donkey the entire time, but it was not the only donkey movie in 2022. Did you guys see any other donkey movies? From 2022? Yeah, there was another donkey movie. <laughs> what was, was there? It? Was there like a Shrek 22 Donkey's Revenge? No, no, I, not that I'm aware of. I mean, there might have been a short. Actually, you know what? There was a, a Puss in Boots that was pretty good, but I don't think Donkey was in it. But there was um, the Banshees of Shy has a, a, a pretty major character that is a donkey. No. Okay. Well, well, Donkey's making their comeback in 2022. 2022, yeah. Year of the yes. Donkey. Year of the Donkey. <laughs> <laughs> excellent good so audience go out 2022 is the donkey movie year go watch all of these fantastic donkey movies that should have been the entire block this yeah. is donkey donkey 2022 donkey yeah. block donkey block <laughs> 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 all right i i guess we jump into this here i i really love this movie and i um I think it's it just combines the sort of innocent like most animal movies are about innocence right because animals and I don't mean animal movies where they're uh, humans in animal forms right like Cinderella where the mice are basically people that just look like mice I mean movies like Black Beauty and and this where it's the actual animal as close to what we think of as that animal being um and in those movies, the animal kind of represents innocence and it has to sort of go through our world and whatnot. And I think that's why we feel like really protective and really heartbroken when animals are hurt or, or die in movies. Um, and I I really felt, uh, I know you guys were really bored by it, but for that reason, I felt this intensity watching this movie. And the first time I actually had to take a break because it was kind of like too much for me. I think when he goes into the woods and you see those like weird green lasers for some reason shooting through the woods I, I felt like a sense of danger there and i had to kind of like take a break um watching the movie through the second time in preparation for this it was like my heart was pounding through the whole thing i thought this was incredibly exciting for that reason um but i never felt betrayed i never felt the bolt gun in the end that sound was a cruelty that betrayed me it hurt but it still felt it still felt conscientious, even as it did hurt. And I was wondering what if you guys had that kind of uh, same reaction. Um, it sounds like you didn't. That <laughs> it was maybe a little, a little bit slower for you guys. Um, but what your experiences was with this film? So the the forest scene, Tom gave me a lot of Night of the Hunter vibes. There yes, was, right. You, you, yes, absolutely. The owl, there's the this, and and the green things were scary enough to to give you that sense, like the kids going down the river and. Uh, night of the hunter um but it was a pretty flat movie tom like and everybody eo meets all the people they're pretty chill for there being a donkey there right have you guys ever met an animal that size like just by accident anywhere? people are built different in poland my man i i think so i think they're 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 just either like better animal people or more used to hanging out with animals i like i Animals are, are kind of scary because you don't have any control over them. And if you don't know how to interact with them, right? Like in, in, I don't know, in Harry Potter, Malfoy does not know how to interact with the animals and he gets very hurt. And I feel like he doesn't get that hurt, actually. I don't want to do any propaganda here. But the uh, I feel like when you meet an animal that you don't know, you don't know what it's going to do. But the, the 
people in this movie were just like, oh, let's, why don't you come home with me now? We'll, we'll go on another little adventure. Yeah. EO does kill a man. Yeah. Straight up, like, hit a man in the head. <laughs> yeah. Awesome. Yeah, it looks like he he might have killed him. We actually don't yeah. confirm that. But. I was actually I was actually going to talk about that. Like like Tom always says, the animals are the innocents. Well, this in this one, <laughs> EO is not entirely innocent. He is mistreated and he is kind of like the innocent soul. But there comes a breaking point where he's had enough, and he takes it into his own hooves to uh to take a man. <laughs> what appears to take a man's life, which you know, I wasn't I wasn't all that ashamed of. I wasn't all that mad at. Uh, I think I think I'm in the middle ground between you two. I wasn't like riveted on the edge of my seat with this movie, like it sounds like Tom was. I didn't feel it was as flat as maybe KJ is is describing it. I enjoyed it. I think I said in the preview for last week that I don't know that I'll ever watch it again, at least not in the next like five ten years. But uh, I really liked it. I thought it was shot beautifully. Uh, I actually put in my notes as I was watching it. It seemed, I don't know what came first. Did the story come first or did the shots that the director wanted in his head come first? Because there were, it seemed like every five to 10 minutes, there was this long camera shot silhouetting of the donkey in the foreground, or I should say probably the midground, And then some nice big aspect, some nice big piece of scenery in the background, whether it was woods or a mountain or towards the end of the film, there was the dam with the waterfalls coming out. He kind of did the same shot three, four, five times of silhouetted donkey, this nice big landscape behind, and kind of pulled back to show you all of the nature around and whether it had green laser lights in it, like the forest scene. I don't know if like he had those shots in mind and then built a movie around them, or if he just kind of found those shots as he was trying to piece together this this story, because... There's like I think KJ had mentioned or, or Tom, you mentioned it, the humans in this story, they're there, but they're they're not like there's an entire section of time with a dude who's going back to his house, who's a priest who is having what appears to be an affair with a stepmother. And that sounds like an entire movie on its own, but it's like seven minute segment in the middle of the movie where we take a break from the donkey and we see a person for a few minutes and then we're and then we're right out of it again. That's right before the cattle scene at the very end. So it's that seemed kind of disjointed or pieced together in certain ways. And I don't know exactly what the, uh, what the director's vision was other than those, those really, really unique shots. It felt like a series of children's books stitched together. EO in the circus, EO as a horse, Hey, delivery donkey, EO works in the support animal zoo. Like he just kept moving from, from thing to thing. But, but Chris, I agree. It was gorgeous. It was beautiful. It, it was kind of national geographic-y. A little bit. Like, I, I was just picturing a narrator, and here we see the donkey sees the horses running wild for the first time and thinks what it might mean to be free. But there is mystery in those shots that you wouldn't get in a National Geographic, right? So, like, what we, we mentioned, audience, there's the scene where EO basically breaks free from a stable and goes into the woods, and he's kind of lost in the woods. In that scene, for some reason, giant green lasers shoot through the woods. Can we can we talk about that scene for a second? Please, please. Yeah. I think I think what I got out of it, and I don't know if this is what what everybody else got out of it. What I got out of it was this is the first time we see EO in like nature, and they're showing us all of the dangerous aspects of nature. There's a wolf, there's a fox, there's a spider spinning a web, there's an owl, there's all these predators there, and I, me personally, I felt oh no, EO's in danger, mm-hmm. but then it ended up that it was not the animals that EO was in danger from. It was the hunters because those green laser lights immediately made me think of hunters and they're like using their, you know, telescopic sights to, to shoot down all of these, what we call predators, 
are just other animals that are trying to survive just like EO. And those animals that we associate with fear and danger really aren't the dangerous ones. It's the humans behind the, the forest line that we can't see that end up killing. I think it was a fox that they, the, the EO ends up staring at dying in a stream, which was heartbreaking as well. Uh, so I really loved that scene. I thought it was like really out of place when I started to see the lasers. But then when I thought about like what the context of it was, it, it, it was a, it's one of my favorite scenes in the movie, mm -hmm. actually. Yeah, I agree. And and the reason why I brought that up, I think it's a great interpretation, and I, I agree with it entirely. The reason why I brought it up in, in contrast with KJ is that I think there is, it's more than just that kind of beautiful National Geographic thing. There is this sort of um, either symbolism in the visuals, like you're pointing out, Chris. Um, the Also, I think the red camera comes on in that scene. There's a, a camera which... It appears shot from a droid, uh, a drone, rather, that's going through the woods. Um, and it's all in red. The whole thing is, is shot in red, which has obviously connotations of, of blood or danger or whatnot. They do the red thing quite often. They do. Do we yeah. know what that was? Like, And like Chris said, from the opening shot, they do the red. Yeah, the circus is bathed in red. Mm -hmm. I I mean, when I mean, the, the first thing I think of when I think of red is is danger, right? Or danger blood alarm that that's all um and there is something i don't know maybe like alarming about the, those situations or maybe not i mean it may be just be kind of a, a beautiful way of capturing um the donkey because i'm not entirely sure what the danger is at the beginning other than this is where things are gonna start to fall apart right I, this goes out I, I agree with you that i think the red was danger only because all the humans are completely bathed in red almost the entire movie, it seemed. Like the circus performer, the one that looks to be the one that loves the donkey the most, is wearing Sandra. red in the first scene. And like the person she rides in the bike with is wearing red when he rides up and is like yelling in the in the the crowd. And then even the priest, who we don't know is a priest at the time, when he's walking up to the murder scene where the truck is, the lights of the police cars are making him red. Mm-hmm. And it just feels like all the humans are the danger to mm -hmm. the donkey. Even the even the ones that have the best of intentions are the danger to the donkey. But where was the Mateo? I think no, Mateo's the truck driver. I can't remember the name of the priest now. But in what way was the priest a danger to the donkey? I think he's Vito. Vito, thank you, Vito. Mm -hmm. Yeah, Mateo's the truck driver. Vito's the priest. How is he a danger to the donkey? I, I don't know that he's a danger. I don't know that he is. It's the danger just, to the donkey. It's just that he he takes them to a he takes the donkey to a new place. The donkey escapes, and then the donkey ends up at the cattle farm. Yeah, and so I think killed. I think it's just kind of like that was the last real vignette, the last real kids book we saw before they go to the next kids book. Is the donkey walks into a cattle slaughterhouse? <laughs> uh, so I mean, I mean, I, I think that was the the danger to it. Mm -hmm. uh, what did you guys think of the robot dog? You yes. know what I'm talking about? Yeah, exactly. I have no idea. What does that come? So there's a few of these scenes, like the robot dog, the downhill skier is another one. There's these like little vignettes where it's not exactly explained. When does, can you remind us, when does the, so let me explain for the audience. At one point we cut to a, like an AI robot dog. It's a robot that kind of looks like a dog that flips over on its back and then flips back upright again. It kind of does, it, it sort of demonstrates its mechanical abilities. Yeah, so th this is right after the soccer scene. So the soccer hooligans have rushed the party. They've beat up all the party goers that are in the blue and white. 
And then they go outside. Io is wearing a scarf, a blue and white scarf that the party goers had donned him with. And then they beat up Io, which was another heartbreaking moment. And then in his stupor, I think I think we're supposed to be thinking that he's dreaming of this. I think it's I think because I think KJ has it in his notes about how when we're looking at it from the donkey cam, the <laughs> the 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 exterior of the frame is kind of haloed in this like mm-hmm. almost mm-hmm. like uh, out of out of focusness to it. Mm-hmm. And I believe that. Boston Dynamics mechanical dog scene is is kind of in that nature, and it's also in stark red. Mm-hmm. So it's almost like mm-hmm. they're trying to. I, the way that I took it was that they were trying to like robots are treated the same way that animals are, like they're they're mistreated, they're pushed over, they're tossed aside. And do we have the same emotions for a robot that we do for these animals when they're like we mm-hmm. obviously everybody wept. I, I didn't we I, we didn't weep necessarily, but we all hurt when EO got hit by the hooligans. Mm-hmm. Did we all cry when the robot fell over on the side of the mountain? Mm-hmm. And it didn't doesn't feel like it's it resonates the same, even though it's it's I don't know. It, even though it's shaped like a dog, it acts like a dog. It's still just a robot. I still don't know why it was there. <laughs> I, it, it seems yeah. so out of place in this movie that's been all about nature and these animals. But it was it was interesting to see. It kind of mirrors the physical actions that you imagine EO went through, being knocked on the ground, rolling over, oh. trying to get back up. That it's it's. I mean, there's this kind of distancing effect you can do in in movies and in theater where you can show something difficult to look at by um, by having a, a sort of stand-in that we don't have the same emotional attachment to, right? So a sort the, of the director might have been protecting us. But there's sort of an alienation effect going on, right? Maybe that's it too. But I see what you're saying, Chris. Um, but it's it's still I, I took it as like EO's movements captured in robotics instead of actually having to watch this poor animal get hurt. Another thing was the downhill skier. So there's a scene when we first meet Vito, the the priest, and he goes to rescue Eo, who's been left. And we should also talk about the murder, <laughs> which is this bizarre murder scene. But there's a quick cut to a downhill skier. And part of the soundtrack is, the soundtrack's fantastic also, is a piece of music called Downhill Skier. I have no idea what's that doing in the movie either. That's that's kind of my like I think that he had a lot of like these interesting shots in his mind of what he wanted to do and he kind of pieced the movie around it a little bit. Not that the movie was disjointed so much he couldn't understand it, but I I think like maybe a shot like that is something he's always wanted to do. Let's ski down the hill. Let's put the camera upside down. Let's put it right on the edge of the snow so you're just seeing the skis and it's you see that it's dark outside. Like he I think he has this idea and then he's like where am I going to put this? I know. I'll put it after the truck driver gets murdered. And it's like it just seems like it's kind of disjointed in that way. It it looks beautiful. It's fascinating to see, but I don't I don't know that there's a reason for it. Yeah, I I'm not sure either other than like we're now rushing towards rushing towards the end or we're <laughs> we're barreling down because this is the the last um you know maybe this is the last good home eo goes to um, I, I do i do wish that i knew more about polish geography because i know that we have a lot of shots that are showing the wilderness they they kind of pull back to show farmland as the as the trailer's driving into his first new home and then they pull back to show us the the the, the, the van that's carrying him there's a gigantic white cat white snow-capped mountain which is maybe why they chose to do the skiing there because it's a snow-capped mountain behind him i don't know how far eo traveled like i don't know where he started and i don't know where he ended up like i think maybe those little vignettes could have also been 
you know, this is a little bit more geography about the Poland that a Polish person might recognize immediately. Like you would recognize Iowa versus New York City, but I wouldn't recognize Warsaw versus the, you know, the rural town that's just outside of it. Well, so I they're think, in Italy at that point, right? I think they are like they I think that might be the Alps that they're they're mm -hmm. crossing over when they go there because he's definitely speaking Italian mm -hmm. or, or Latin in his little mass. And mm -hmm. then she seems as if she's in Italy going back to France. Which mm -hmm. once again we know yeah, way too speaking much about French. Yeah, you know more about this story, and they've only on screen for three minutes. Like it's hard to hard to fathom why they were there. <laughs> yeah, that that is another thing. Parts of the like the, the the story of the people becomes stranger as it goes along. Initially, we get Cassandra and Cassandra's boyfriend, and Cassandra, and there's a bankruptcy. That's why the circus the circus goes bankrupt, and that's why Eo has to get sold and what have you and it seems like a pretty standard story at first in terms of the people right cassandra and eo really love each other eo wants to find cassandra again that compels his his adventure what have you but as we meet more people the people themselves get stranger even if eo doesn't right or eo stays the same uh, we get the murder scene with mateo the truck driver who's um he tries to help a a, a poor woman or maybe a homeless woman get food and he sort of makes a joke about well we could have sex now and then she leaves and then sneaks around the side of the truck and cuts his throat and kills him kills him yeah i don't yeah, think it, that was her though i think that was somebody else because i actually rewound and watched it again because i thought it was her but it was somebody else like an entire like a, in a hoodie mm -hmm. I, I don't i don't know if it was her i think it might have been maybe somebody she was with she dips out and mm -hmm. then I think another person comes around and, and offs him in the mm. in the driver's seat. I mean, it's still very strange, regardless. It, it seems, and then we get the the scene with the priest and the the step the gambling priest who's being kicked out of school or seminary for probably for gambling. Um, and his stepmother hates him, but probably because they're having an affair, which is also really strange. And it's also Isabella Humpert, who's a somewhat famous actress who's mm -hmm. playing who's playing this role um in like christy said like five minutes of this movie this famous actress comes in plays a completely bizarre character we don't know we don't know much more about her other than this kind of bizarre thing or why she's there and then that's the end of eo eo gets get, and then wanders off and what what about the mass scene like he's performing a, what appears to be a catholic mass in front of a single person, yeah. a single person sitting in one chair and their secretary slash aide is behind them. But it's like, this is a mass for one. Mm -hmm. And that, that was incredibly awkward. Mm -hmm. And then you come to find out that it's his stepmother. It's it's just an awkward, it's a really, really wild time, yeah. especially after. Well, and then, okay, how about this? What about the idea that they mentioned that they make donkey sausage multiple times throughout mm -hmm. the film? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Vito tells him that in the in the truck. Yeah. <laughs> they make donkey sausage. I guess that's a that's gonna tell you what's gonna happen, right? It's for forecasting, forecasting. The, the end of the the film. Um it is interesting because some people act cruel to EO and some people act very kind. And Vito this despite the strangeness of him, um, or just the strangeness of the circumstances he in, he's actually does treat EO like a person as this cassandra there's some people who treat eo well and some people who you know like the um the guy who is killing the foxes for their fur who treat eo cruelly 
And Eo isn't really treated extremely cruelty, uh, cruelly, right? I think he gets like hit on the rump a bit. Um, we don't get like him being really, really harmed until the soccer hooligans. That's the, the one exception there. Yeah, um, there's no there's no like tasing or anything like that or yeah. cattle prodding. It's it's all it's all kind of like minor taps and bumps except for the, the hooligans. Yeah. I see yeah, I think the veto and the Cassandra storylines kind of melt together for me because it's two individuals that I don't want like Cassandra definitely loves EO. I think Vito likes EO a lot. I don't think it's love at that point, but both of them turn their backs on EO for another human. Hmm. So like Cassandra, I'm staying with the donkey. Oh wait, now I got to go. And she gets on the bike with the boyfriend at the very end. And we never see her again. Like that was the person I thought was going to come back at the end. If it was going to be a happy story, but she never does. So she leaves EO. She leaves the donkey for another human who we don't know if he's good, bad or indifferent, but, it's not it's not EO. And then Vito is is ride or die with EO there in the back of the truck for a while. And then as soon as stepmom bats an eye at him, just forgets about him. And then that's when EO walks out the open gate to the property to eventually be ferried off to the the cattle farm. So it felt like two similar stories where a person the, the the people that were generally caring for EO neglected him for their own romantic interests and EO ended up worse for for both situations that's a really good point well these questions treated chris kindly i'd like to once again congratulate our winner of the week chris nicely done thank you very much for having me on for the eo episode i was i was eagerly (laughs) anticipating the donkey movie and it did not disappoint (laughs) you can rate and review this show anywhere podcasts are available for those viewing in youtube land if you haven't already please like this video Subscribe to the Talking Studios channel for all our exciting content, and follow us on Twitter at Talking Studios. Check out other shows by Talking Studios, including Keep Making Movies, where we explore micro-budget films, Limited Lexicon, where we play through text-based adventure games, and Get the Point, where we slowly reveal a movie poster and try to guess which movie poster it is. Got a question for us? Call the Talking Studios hotline at 201-467-8679 and leave a message. It may be featured on a future episode. And if you haven't already, please subscribe to Talking Pictures Trivia wherever fine podcasts are found. Join us next time when we continue this movie block of newer movies. Next time, we'll be watching Chippendale Rescue Rangers from 2022. Stay tuned for our first impressions of Rescue Rangers. Ding, 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 ding. Next week, we'll be discussing Chippendale Rescue Rangers from 2002. Chris, how was your watch? Uh, I I had seen commercials for this on Disney Plus because I I have to have Disney Plus being a Star Wars fanatic, uh, and I saw uh, it's it, the the screen popped up and I, I I was interested in it. I remember watching Rescue Rangers as a child, uh, and then for whatever reason I never did watch it. So doing this show allowed me to to, to watch for the first time, and I really really enjoyed it. I like these self referential. Uh, we're going to make fun of ourselves at the same time as telling a, an interesting story kind of movie. So I was. Uh, a very good watch for me. I really, really enjoyed it. What about you, Tom? I did not watch Chippendale's Rescue Rangers growing up or many of the cartoons this is referencing. I will say I, I'm a little bit 
triggered by the sort of nostalgic formula that's being kind of fed to us. And I was also sort of irritated by the fact that there was this like, um, we're going to take old things and make them hip. The, the joke being like they're rapping at one point and the movie makes fun of that yet in making fun of that it's doing that as well by bringing forward a popular comic and a popular SNL alum to to voice these characters and make it hip for either a new generation or really for the old generation who's kind of having this nostalgic experience so all of that was a bit much for me I will say that the movie is warm-hearted. Those I like those comic actors. I like uh, Mulaney and Andy Samberg very much. And I think they're very funny. And I do like the spirit of the movie, which seems to be, despite the, the humor in that kind of Saturday morning mold, it's still working on that, albeit in a larger scale. And I do think it's it's handling of the material was was very gentle it's not going for this kind of um subversive irony that i think is just basically intolerable and so i enjoyed a a great deal of the movie even though i think the premise at this point this kind of nostalgic factory that's going on for our generation for some reason has kind of more than irritated me at this point rachel how was your first watch I can sum up my first watch in six words. I loved everything that Tom hated about this movie. That's amazing. (laughs) I said, I I feel like you had that already prepared. (laughs) I I didn't. As we were talking, I pulled out my notes and I was like, scratch everything I was going to say. It was a lot shorter and easier. (laughs) KJ, how was your first watch? Guys, my first watch was phenomenal. I love this movie. So uh, Rachel is on the show. Rachel is my wife. We are married. We're living in a house. Um, I guess we're towards the end of the pandemic, right? We're not in the thick of the pandemic, but we're still kind of in pandemic mode when this comes out. And it comes on Disney Plus, like Chris said. And it was like, I don't know, a Sunday afternoon, a Saturday afternoon. The girls had been home for a year and we're just putting things on the TV that haven't been on the TV yet. So we kind of put it on as like background noise. And I couldn't look away. I couldn't stop watching. I think I stood for the first 20 minutes because I was just walking through the room. I loved every joke. I loved every beat of this movie. It was great. And then Rachel and I watched it again for this recording. It doesn't hold up as much on a second watch. These jokes are a uh, (laughs) one-time... I mean, they're still funny the second time, I guess. But I think the surprise makes it a lot funnier. Um... And even just, you know, by the third act, it gets kind of tired. But I still loved it. I still really enjoyed it. As Chris said, Chippendale Rescue Rangers is available on Disney Plus at the time of this recording. Go have a watch and listen to our show next week. Wow. Talking Studios. 